When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Welcome back to the French Rugby Podcast with me, Tim Groves, former France hooker, Benjamin Kayser, and ex-Scotland back row, Johnny Beatty. How's everything going, guys? How's the new arrival settling in, Johnny? Good, mate. He's in, um, he's in a separate room with his mum, so I don't know anything about it, which is great. Uh, <laughs> Who? <I've> got... <laughs> Who arrived? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> no, I've got the, my responsibilities, the two um, eldest ones for the minute, so I'm on the early shift. Porridge making, school run, all that stuff. But mate, honestly, he's been chilled even during the day. We don't even know he's there. He's sleeping the entire time, which isn't great because at night he's up having a party. Um, <laughs> but no, he's good. He's healthy. He's here. Um, and he's in one piece. So all good. No, he's doing really well. I spoke to you a couple of times during the read, Johnny. I remember you were saying, oh, no, I'm doing porridge for the kids and stuff. Instead of singing the Marseillaise or speaking French, they should ask you, what do you eat at breakfast? Porridge. You cannot have a French passport. <laughs> porridge is not French, mate. Uh, porridge, that means you are a Scot in your heart and you will always be. I think it's even Scottish porridge oats we've got, mate, being honest. <laughs> <They're> imported. <laughs> so Johnny's eating porridge in France. What are you having in, uh, in Kent, Benji? Um, well, not not porridge, but um, <laughs> you've got you've I, got something there. What is it? Go on. What's your breakfast? No, no, I do, protein bar. I'm trying to. <laughs> oh, I, mate, I'm let trying it go. To go back. Uh, no, no, no. I'm going back to the gym, mate. It's it's all about the mental health. To be honest, I'm just doing it to not lose my shit to keep the missus happy. And it, if I'm being totally honest, it's it's done me wonders. So I try to go not every day, but pretty much. And so I after. I eat a little bit like some protein flapjacks and stuff like that. Okay. And Benji, I have heard you on just about every podcast going this week. (laughs) It's great to have you back on your home podcast. How's it been? I prefer you guys. Okay. (laughs) I'll I'll give it to you. I prefer you guys. Um, Obviously, we laugh about it, but the circumstances are England, France at the weekend. But but obviously that linked to the passing of Christophe Domici. That was the reason why. And I think we should speak even more. Now's the time. Now is the time to hit it on the head, you know, and to to make as much noise as we possibly can, and to try collectively to actually get to a conclusion. Because it's great to wear awareness, but to get some stuff going. So I was saying to you guys just before I'm going to speak to Lucids because I think they're a fantastic organization, and I just want to know what's what's out there. What what are the tools that people could use? Because I I that's phase two. What and I want to get to phase two as soon as possible. Raising awareness is phase one. Fantastic, and and Christophe's passing can can only uh, push to accelerate that or amplify that. But now phase two, I can't wait to see it happen. Absolutely. Um, we will get on to chatting about the final of the Autumn Nations Cup a bit later on. But what did you make of France's win over Italy? Was it 
even more comfortable than you thought. I mean, you weren't you weren't far off with your predictions again. What do you mean? I said thirty points, thirty one points. You said thirty two twelve, I think. Oh, I, I, apologize. <laughs> I apologize. You're a little bit out. <laughs> I, I surprised myself on that one, to be honest. That uh, was, was good because at the first half, I wasn't very uh, impressed by what I saw. Now, honestly, uh, very happy with the win. Uh, Fabien Galtier with his, uh, always his brain precision and his legendary precision. He didn't say we had a week of training. He, had, he said we had two trainings, one of 20 mm. minutes, one of 21 minutes. I love it how he says that. You know, it's too, uh, uh, and, but it's true though, because when you say, oh, training, training, you think they can go for days. Well, players can't go for days, can they? They actually have a very limited amount of time to not uh, put too much strain on their bodies and, and not uh, use too much energy. So um, so the, it was an extremely short week. I was a little bit disappointed by the outcome. Just typically, for instance, on the guy that we rave, that I rave, that I still think is going to kill it into national rugby, Sekou Makaru, he only caught his first ball at the 78th minute. Uh, and then he ended up scoring a try. And he actually did really well defensively. He worked hard and he contributed a lot. Great. But the stress, um, the general stress of the team, his individual stress, and obviously the conditions, it was very, very wet, uh, made it frustrating. But, but I, I think I saw some good things. So actually the ones that struck out for me are the ones that I wasn't expecting. I was not expecting to be impressed with the second row from Paul Pesanti. Amazing. Oh, he had a good game. He just chopped people in half the whole game. He's not the biggest dude, but he, like in a game, you know, when it's wet, you need to chop the knees. We call it chop tackles. Whatever. You just need to get them down as soon as possible. Because if you try to hit hard, you can actually concede half a meter, you know, and half a meter multiplied by 10 phases, you can end up behind your line. It's very, very hard. It's like a pick and go. It's hard to get to stop the guy on the spot. And I thought, I thought he did brilliantly well. Uh, I thought Gabin, Gabin Villiers did really well. Uh, Tom, I almost lost my shit because I think he could do so much <laughs> we more. We had, we had. Oh, he can do so much more. I mean, he's, he's incredibly talented, but if he doesn't do the hard graft, then he's just, he's going to penalize the team too much. Um, he, he, scored, he scored a 40-meter, well, maybe not 40, but he scored a 40-minute, a 30-meter try by barely jogging. It was like fast-paced jogging for him. Um, and if he went full tilt, he could have ended up under the post. Yeah, it's just those little details, of course. And for that particular game, maybe it was not necessary, but still. So basically frustrated with the outcome because I thought we could have seen even better, but obviously very happy with the results considering the circumstances. And then we'll talk about this week later, I'm sure. So it was really interesting being there. So I was pitch side. And like you said, see Pisanti in the warm-up. I was like, this guy, this pack, like, isn't made for international rugby. He doesn't look big at all. But then physically, he was an absolute monster. Mm. Um, hugely impressed with him. Garassi as well. The pair of them, I thought they were physical like ridiculous that you can chuck out an entire 23 effectively and find two kids that are essentially ready-made for test match rugby. They were unbelievable. Um, but then realistically, you go back, like what are the chances of knocking 35 points on Italy with a completely changed team? Hugely impressive. Um, and it was weird. We spoke to, like pitch side, we spoke to a couple of the boys after the game. We spoke to Brice Dulin and we spoke to Serrain as well. And they were just talking about we were saying, look, what were the messages at halftime? Why was there so much kicking? And they said, look, we didn't. We knew we had a, a completely changed team. Our messages from our coaches were... Exactly. No pressure on ourselves. Put everything down other in the field. You, we don't want to play anything in our third, even our half. Like, no risk rugby at all, which you might think is negative, but I can understand why. You know, Absolutely. young kids, there was no rugby played, but that was it. No risk. It was clever. It was smart. Did you see after the game, there was a tiny clip of the motivation, the final minutes before they actually step onto the field with Fabian Galtier's speech? 
And he said exactly what Brice Denner told you, which I didn't know at the time. You only yeah. see it after the game, but it makes total sense. Exactly what you said. He said, I can't remember. He said, for 20 minutes, he said, on peut pas s'exposer. On peut pas, you can't, can't expose ourselves. So we can't like expose exactly, ourselves for 20 yeah. minutes and stuff, but they did it for 40. <laughs> but, but it was uh, I, I, basically, to your point, uh, it was a, a coaching strategy. And I thought they might have come out at halftime and changed. And it, got, it kind of marries well with the point about Makalu. You know, we didn't really see... Whenever France got into phase play, they obviously haven't spent any time together. They've had two training sessions together. When you get into multi-phase, it's almost impossible. It goes into like one-out horrible rugby, which doesn't suit Makalu. His only ball carries were coming around the corner. But in terms of, look, you found out you had another entire front row that can scrummage international level. They were fantastic. You've got another line-out that can operate international level, which we didn't know about. Second rows were physical. Your back rows all got stuck in. Walkie, Jelonch, Makalu. Again, you talked about Makalu defensively. They all stood up. Um, Brice Dulin again coming in after a massive ACL reconstruction finding yeah. his form at La Rochelle like hugely impressive Jalibert kicked really well it might have looked negative but stuck to the strategy stuck to the game plan the coach will be delighted with them so mate, it was huge 35 points on Italy scratch team um, but unearthed a bunch of talent that we didn't know about before that can compete and dominate another Six Nations team so hugely encouraging that was really exciting and to be totally fair with Italy before we bashed them the whole time, I thought Garbizi had a really good game. I think he shows a lot of promise. That really young ten. I don't know how old he is exactly. I think he's twenty-one or twenty-two or something like that. He's twenty, 20 I think. Twenty. Yeah, yeah. I was I was quite impressed, I have to say. He set up a great try for Minozzi, I think, in the first half. So clearly they were dominated. They're massively missing Negri and Jake Poledri. I mean, the task was just impossible without them. But they've got a fantastic fly half. Um, who, who can only improve. So it's still, you know, promising stuff for the Italians. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Jewelry isn't a gift you give just once. It's a way to remind your loved one of a beautiful moment every time they see it. Blue Nile can help you find the gift that says how you feel and says it beautifully with expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com and experience the convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com to find the perfect jewelry gift for any occasion. BlueNile.com. 
Well, let's get our guest on now then and see what he made of that game as well, because he's been following this front side closely during the Autumn Nations Cup on Amazon Prime with you two. Legendary France flanker Serge Betson joins us. How are you, Serge? I'm good. I'm good. You? We're very well. We're very well. We were just chatting about France's game against Italy at the weekend. Um, So what did you make of it? First of all, they have a victory, but overall, uh, we're expecting a lot more for some of them. And that, I think, one of the points I think Gatier will talk a lot uh, this week um, and the challenge ahead for Twickenham. So, I'm, I'm, uh, in general, talking, I'm, I'm really pleased of the results and the fact that um, they made a, a huge difference in each of, of the players. I know I'm going to name uh, some of them, but uh, overall, uh, we, we were pleased. I think Benjamin as well, uh, we talked about that afterwards. Um, yeah, we, we, we were pleased of what, what the friends deliver. Well, you, did, you didn't want to name any names, but <laughs> as, as the former uh, killer of Johnny Wilkinson, chopper in half of basically half of world rugby, what did you think of Pissanti's tackling technique and, or just his defensive uh, activity in general? I didn't know the player, to be honest. And I thought he had a hell of a game. He just chopped people in half. He must have watched a few video clips of Serge. Yeah, it's, good. it's, it's true that um, some of uh, players like Presenti did the job. And uh, and as as you mentioned, we n- none of us knew, knew the players before they started. And, and the good thing of the French uh, players is they're really, really talented. They get the skills, they get the mentality. Uh, and it's just a matter of giving them the time and game time to in order to to explore and develop their skills. Then I, I think um, forwards, uh, talking about forwards, I really enjoy um, the, 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 the old pack. Um, they, they they have some physicality to to add into the game, but uh, overall the, the the skills was there. And we mentioned a lot the. The fact that Sean Edwards is now defense coach for France, and and those young talents who are in 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 French team, they 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 learn from him, I think, and uh, and we can see the confidence when they are into that role of defense and uh, tackling, and and uh, I I know Sean for for ten years when I joined Wasps, and um, that is for me the great great asset of France so far. And you mentioned that young team surge is going to need some time together to develop, but obviously they don't have much time this week. They go to Twickenham for their final. Realistically, what chance do you give them of winning this game this week at Twickenham? Uh, like, like always, it's, uh, it's difficult to talk about the game uh, and, and the chance there is none. Uh, it's funny because remember in February last year uh, when England lost the final of the World Cup and there were going down to Paris to, to play against a non-French team. Um, I have to say I was there and, and the, the, the beauty and, uh, and, and the fact that France uh, turned up with a lot of emotion, with a lot of desire to prove what they're capable to, uh, that is for me the, the, the trademark of what France can deliver. And again, um, yeah, we talk a lot about uh, England who are really uh, expressing the best rugby ever in defence, in attack. But again, before the game starts, I want to just to, to say, uh, as a player, I always feel like I will win the game. 
and that that is my mentality my 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 um, my goal so we, we will see I'm, I'm putting myself like i'm going to play on sunday and, uh, <laughs> and i'm talking like uh, i'm going to be there to support the team and i hope they will turn up with the the, the desire to prove because you don't forget we are in in the road of four years of cycle where the world cup is in france i have to say if i'm the coach and i think fabian gatier will play four world cup we'll, we'll we'll talk about that we need to take the maximum opportunity to be in that trend to be in that bus we're going to take them to france so um you don't have a lot of options and you need to learn quicker and high level is is, is all about that you need to you need they have a a great turnover uh, and short about Italy. They need to understand that uh, the pressure is there, and uh, it's not more about winning or losing. It's about behavior. It's about the the the, the character, about building the confidence to step up the skills and to play the best team in in Europe, in the second in the world. It's just the best best opportunity, I think. And obviously, a lot has been spoken about the fact that it is a reserve French team. Essentially, it's, it's the players that didn't play in the first three games of this autumn. I just want to get your thoughts on the kind of political situation, because obviously this situation has been ongoing for a long, long time when you were playing as well, I'm sure. So just give us your thoughts on what it was like when you were playing, the, the kind of battle between the FFR and the LNR and the, the current situation where we're at and, and how we get a better situation so we see the best France every week. But listen, uh, as you mentioned, I've been there, uh, I've been in, the, in that position, and there is two separate situations. Uh, there is a political situation, and there is a team uh, sport, and, and the fact that the player who are likely and, 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 and being selected, they're in a position where it's a dream comes true. Um, I, I, I dream to be playing in the highest level possible. Um, I've got an opportunity to be selected by the staff, by Fabien Galtier, Rafael Ibanez, who I admire when it was, they were playing. As a player, you need to be in the position where you don't have to listen, you don't have to read all this media. You, you, you can control that. You need to control what you can control. This is what is all about. So, as a player, uh, you ask me the question. I don't know how to read. Never read the, the newspaper. So uh, it, that that facilitates some some view. Um, and and for the player, you need just to say, how can I do uh, to be the best the best possible player in that situation? Eighty minutes. Eighty minutes. It's. 10 years of preparation you have a shot for 80 minutes to show what you are capable to i think it's it's, it's part of shift mindset you need to understand and and, and and to put yourself in the position where you're going to have the best option possible for you not for the media not for the not for the politics it's about your dream my dream is to play the highest level possible is to win the world cup is to be part of this train so my mindset is always being what can i do in my position to be the best possible i can be that's that's it 
Absolutely. I, I'm, I'm on board with that. That was a great team talk. Ten, <laughs> 10 years of preparation. I'm in. <laughs> I'm motivated already. I think you, you can almost, you know, we can hear passion. Well, this is when you can hear determination. That means if when he lines you up in defense, you didn't want to be there. So if he lines you up with it, a target is a target. It can be a person. It can be an objective. It can be a game. It can be whatever. I felt like Johnny Wilkinson and I just got chopped in there. <laughs> Like my ribs are sore. <laughs> I was going to say, Sage, that like from a player's point of view, um, we're all on board with that. We we completely get it. If you were giving that kind of team talk with the FFR on one side and the LNR on the other, then what are you saying? Because it's difficult, isn't it? Like we all know it's difficult. Yeah, it's difficult. It's I was we were talking about Benjamin the other day. It's we all play rugby, and I still don't understand the the position of these people around. The, the player deserve. Uh, I've been here for 10 years. It's, uh, I still feel like uh, I, I, I can't change. I, I can't change that my, my posture. Even I'm going to be in coaching. I think it's important to remember that if we want the quality into rugby, if we want safety, if we want um, um, uh, flair and, and all that kind of engagement who brought uh, supporter in the stadium, who brought supporter into the business, we need to look after the player. The player are the people who do the show. Without the player, nothing happened. Uh, and, and we always forget that. And, and it's difficult to ask a player to be effective in a short period of time. Uh, that is the reality, the physiology, the, the biomechanics, the recovery all that type of things, it's so important to be able to deliver um, what we want from the player. So I learned a lot from the last 10 years about the body, the body, our body is not, it cannot sustain uh, 50 games. I used to play 50 games a year. Uh, it's just impossible. Um, that is for me um, something people need to understand. and. And the politics, uh, people around uh, the clubs, around federation, need to understand that the player cannot sustain 50 games a year in order to be effective. So, with that in mind, that's why sometimes I really like um, the fact that uh, people uh, take the, the objective of if the player has to play 40 games a year, how can we? put that in, in place uh, uh, program-wise, uh, week in, week out, and to make that recovery intensity related on the end of the project, which is 40 games or 35 games. That's going to, uh, for me, the thinking like this, it's, it's more preventive than the way we're thinking today. So if there was one man that we were going to stick in front of the FFR and LNR and get them to come to a solution, I think we found them. Mate. <laughs> Passionate. This is awesome. Yeah, uh, listen, uh, I, I was blessed to, to discover rugby uh, when I was 12 years old in Paris region, Clichy la Um I wasn't part of rugby or sports uh, arena. Um, uh, I was lucky to meet uh, at 12 years, 12 years old this sport, and I always feel like uh, rugby made me discover who I am. Uh, as a temperament, the character, make me discover like a love challenge. Um, the first thing I learned in rugby was was tackling. 
And, and I always say the story, it's a girl who teach me how to tackle. And I always place that moment because I was younger of, of family. I was uh, raised with single mom and, and rugby gave me a lot of confidence throughout my, my childhood. And yeah, it's, it's so, so important to, to understand that we need uh, people with passion because now rugby is professional. We need people with a lot of expertise in order to have uh, the effectiveness of what we deserve. We deserve, and and today there is a passion, but again we need to add that with a professionalism in order to preserve health and and to help the players to be the best they can be. And obviously, growing up in Cameroon, you mentioned it there, Serge. Did you even know rugby at that point? You said you started when you got to Paris. Did, were you even aware of rugby when you were in Cameroon? No. And then when, and then when you arrived in Paris, was it? You, you sort of mentioned it there. Was it really helpful in terms of you kind of integrating into France and, and French culture? Yeah, definitely. That helped me a lot. Um, I never, never heard about rugby before. Um, it, it's um, it's obviously football, and um, and I used to play in the playground like most of the kids and uh, when I arrived three years after in Paris I, I went I was in the stadium uh, just uh, playing with my mates and a, a guy come to me say ask me that do I want to play rugby I say yes why not um, uh, he, t- he told me that next next Wednesday because in France rugby is a Wednesday evening because there is no school he told, he told me that uh, next next Wednesday come come here at the stadium at three and I always say that it's the first time I was on time uh, in, in the meeting. <laughs> um, um, I, I found uh, really, really blessed that the, the, the club uh, and the people around the club didn't know me. And they took the time to teach me uh, what going to be begin my passion. And that is, is phenomenal. When you're, when you're raised with single mom, uh, you don't have a that figures you, you you discover a lot of things your mom told keeping telling you but we don't really uh, click um, and and I found out and the coaches were talking to me about uh, being there for your teammates um, uh, you need to to put your body online for your mates and and that was the reflection of what my mom was doing for my for for me and 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 and, and to put everything for me to be who I am today is just um, unbelievable. Then I think that connection with, with, with what I was used to with my mom gave me a lot of sense of uh, what rugby was about. And, uh, and, and, and like I said, I discovered that I wanted to be part of the team. I wanted to, to, to do the, the, the best things I can do with the team. And, and, and yeah, it's, um, it's a blessing, and uh, and and I always say that uh, you need, I need or every single kid need to hold the rugby ball in hand to change his mindset, to change his, his the way he think of, of of life. Because yeah, I'm an ambassador of rugby. I always say that rugby is one of the best sport in the world. Uh, none of the other sports can can catch what rugby is all about. Then I love my sports and. Uh, I love what you, everyone want to do to push rugby uh, boundaries. And you've obviously used sport as a vehicle 
for yourself and your career and your professionalism, but you've also created the Surge Betson Academy, which uses those vehicles and the sport to push different agendas and help different people. Could you give us a little bit of background about your academy? Yes, uh, the, the Surge Betson Academy was born in uh, 2004, while I was playing in, in Biarritz, uh, Basque country. Um, but originally, uh, really simple stuff. I, I, I was playing uh, my time in Biarritz and uh, a cousin sent me an email saying there's a rugby in Cameroon. And I said to myself, this is one of the great opportunity. I'm going to be going back to share my passion. And um, when, when I, in 2000, when I get married, I, I went back there and I was really uh, impressed by the fact that there is rugby uh, there. I never uh, saw that before. And, and I was, uh, first of all, looking to, to talk about just rugby because playing rugby every day, that was my, my, my dream. But what happened was um, I saw the way uh, the kids are growing uh, without any support sometimes. Um, it, it's difficult for most of them to go to school because they don't have money to pay uh, the, the staff. And sometimes when they're ill or they need uh, health treatment, this, this, some of them can die within an hour because they don't have any way to, to treat them. So um, I, I tweeted uh, the, the, the idea uh, a little bit, saying that I will use the value of rugby. I will use what rugby is all about, supporting each other. And I will turn it into uh, an action, which is, uh, I told you earlier that I really like the fact that uh, going to the club are really enjoying uh, the fact that people look after me and I turn it in, into the same principle for my charity, which is uh, we, we've, we were lucky that we got five centers, five area, five hours we rent. So the kids who are, let's say, underprivileged uh, on that area, they come into the center like, like a ruby club with the light. We got library, we got, uh, they had the food, etc. And we look after them, literally. Um, and they go back home. And, and the good thing for that is we introduce them to rugby, not necessarily, but most important thing is to talk about health and education. And today I'm really proud that uh, we look after 450 kids every year for 16 years and and we are uh, yeah we, we do what we can in order to get them to a level and and they've got it's 85 86 percent success rate in the a level baccalaureate and we are pleased because they've got education and and we support them the way we can it's really simple stuff but uh it's make a lot of uh people being proud of being uh, supporting by the charity. And, and that is it. it. It's really simple stuff. But again, I'm really blessed that I met a lot of people around who helped me a lot. And, um, and I've got a board, board member who are in charge. And, and I'm just there to talk about what we try to deliver. But it's, uh, again, it's a passion beyond what humanity can do with other people and and that is rugby and uh, is growing we are really pleased uh, 
uh, and we 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 are in period of Christmas, and we are we are doing something very original. We are recycling rugby balls uh, in uh, wallets, bags, and we raise funds like this uh, to, to in order to continue developing this action. I think you're an absolute legend. Um, <laughs> you can be very very proud of what what you've done on the pitch off the pitch i always used to say well i used to say i always say whenever i'm asked that i think great men make great players and not the other way around necessarily and i i certainly think that you you're the spitting image of of that expression um I, i'm I'm, 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 I've got honestly, I've got goosebumps every time you speak, whether it's in determination or just talking about the wonderful work that you do on the side. Huge congratulations! It's amazing. Just, I, I want to ask you a question because it's a, it's a subject that myself and, and Serge spoke about. I'd, unless you want to speak about it, I don't want to speak about it again because it's a bit much. But with Domi's passing, you and I chatted about the fact of of the brotherhood and the fact that we we have to look out for each other. So you look, you look after 450 kids in Cameroon and you're giving back that's fantastic but I also I was I it really stuck with me during our conversation last time that you said I think you played 16 years in Biritz yeah, 17 17 years in Biritz chopping the half half of the world in half winning some titles do some incredible stuff but but you didn't feel that apart from a couple of close close mates you didn't feel that that brotherhood was huge I spoke to Mike Tyndall the other day And he said the 2003 World Cup champions of England have done one reunion since. 17 years, one reunion for winning World Cup. And I'm thinking, where the hell is this brotherhood? Where is it gone? Surely we're not doing enough. And so basically, my question to you is to say, do you think that's where we went wrong with Domi? In the sense that we should have created more brotherhood, extend, I think, keep everybody in the inner circle, keep everybody connected. And it, could this be something that we, us, us four, should do a lot, lot more even from today? Thank you for your question. Uh, I'm going to be uh, not really original because uh, your question is very uh, into what we should be doing. And, uh, and, and definitely, certainly, um, I'm... I'm here to say that we didn't do enough for Domi, and uh, I'm still uh, still feeling like um, yeah we yeah we didn't we didn't we didn't I spoke with him I called him uh, on the 11th of of August to just know that it's okay he told me that it was okay it's heartbreaking like i wanted to um like little things from montpellier ben that i wanted to raise with you are things like for instance at montpellier rugby club so i'm obviously a foreigner but every six months at montpellier they organize a they have a six month meal for the forwards and every six months they have a meal for the backs And I feel like every club in England, Scotland, France, wherever it is, should have something like that where we all get together and look after our mates. Yeah, uh, listen, uh, it's, it's, it's a difficult situation. And like I said earlier, we are a, a new professional sport. We've been, I played 20 years of professional sport and there's a lot to learn about, about what's happened today and 
there's a lot to pick up to other sports and 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 I feel like uh, we we don't really want to get it sometimes uh, uh, it, it's 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 difficult but um I, I've been since the lockdown I've been with uh, was legends there is one of the most uh, active group uh, today is was legend I have a look uh, Peter Scriveners, they're doing an amazing job. We've been doing during the lockdown, uh, weekend, week out, every weekend, every from Friday to Sunday, we've been doing challenge, <laughs> drinking challenge, but again, to raise funds. Uh, I have to say that kind of initiative give me a lot of confidence during the lockdown because we get together, there is uh, two, 200 or 300 lads who play for us all the generation and and we take time to 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 share messages and i i was blessed that i i discovered a lot of those people who play for us who, who discover rugby through us and and telling my story today it's the first time i do that never have that opportunity or never feel confident to say that and i learned so much through that group of people uh, where we, 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 there is Vickery, there is uh, Simon Shaw, Lorenz Delaglio, all that legend who, of the game who did, uh, like Benjamin said, win the World Cup. Uh, it, it's 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 blessing because we, we, we don't know each other as we should. Uh, we don't take time to, to, to really connected uh, because we are busy because we are we've got other activities but like I said it, it's rugby brought me so much then if I can triple uh, that to to any each person I meet is is fantastic because because that's why that's why I, I am who I am. I, I, I can't change that. I, I always, I always feel like whatever happened uh, in, in, in my career, the way I, I see things is completely different. And, and uh, I, I assume that. And, and, I, and I think uh, we, we, we should, uh, as, as, as the years go, it, it's, it's to, to say we are blessed to have meet rugby what can we do to change yeah to change the mindset and, and to and to be delivering the value we are talking about day in day out we talk about value day in day out and and sometimes i feel oh my goodness I, i'm stuck in there this is the this is not rugby value this is not rugby value and and i, I keep trying to do what I can and 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 to answer your question, Benjamin, I create when I retired as French legend. That's why I wanted to maybe uh, <laughs> mention that earlier about your podcast, French Rugby. Uh, I create French legend charity uh, in 2012 with the, that idea. The idea of the French legend was to just be together. Because when you retired, nothing happened. Nobody take his phone to call you and say, "Listen, come, come along, do something." And 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 I managed to 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 get along with a lot of 
my mates, Domi included. Uh, we play uh, French legend, England legends in 2012, uh, 13 maybe. Um, and the last thing I did actually with Mike Tindall, with uh, help of Aero uh, game two years ago at Twickenham and in France to celebrate the war. And Mike Tindall was the captain and I was captain for the French legends. And Abdelazi Benazi was the manager. He, he, he couldn't play, but um, we had a great time. Uh, again, we, we need to replicate those type of things because at the end of the day, even we are not playing in high level anymore, the friendship, the camaraderie, uh, it's fantastic. And again, I'm going to talk about something I really experienced uh, since I retired with Wasp Legends. Every year we go to La Manga to do a, a golf trip. I'm not good at golf at all, but uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, I discovered this this sport. But um, the, the the friendship around that activity is it's immense. Uh, we we mix with ex ex uh, professional player. We mix with business people who are really yeah fanatic of uh, rugby player, and and we get them well and we take time to raise fun again. For example, Bodyware Foundation. Um, yeah, it, it's, it's, people are active in the UK a lot, I think, and, uh, and we need to get on with this and, 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 and support that. And that's what I'm trying to do. And I invite you all guys to come at Was Legend. I will put your name forward with uh, Peter Scrivener, who are the, the guy behind the, this project and uh, and yeah it's it's fantastic who play you play golf you all play golf badly <laughs> <laughs> i'm discovering it just like you made terrible yeah, yeah. well scottish i thought that this is your your game i'm french mate i'm not scottish <laughs> anymore i'm a french citizen oh. <laughs> all of that is really so well said serge and i think we've said before how inspiring it is to hear you talk and sort of almost give give us a team talk at the start but i know that this subject is something that benji's really passionate about as well and it's even more inspiring to hear you talk about that side of things and how people need to get together and stay together and it, like it's been a heartbreaking week in french rugby but all of these solutions that we come up with moving forwards hopefully there will be some more action and and we'll see we'll see the positives come out of this and there will be a legacy and i just think for everyone listening it'll be even more inspiring hearing people like you and people like Benji and Johnny as well, who who used to smash people for a for a living, talk about their emotions and kind of get on the same page moving forward, so we can we can make a, a positive situation out of all this. Um, and speaking of teammates, just to to get things back onto the the rugby side of things, you obviously played a lot with Fabian Galtier, you're big mates with Raphael Ibanez. So just just talk about the job they're doing with France at the moment because it's that's something special, isn't it? Yeah, definitely. They're, they're really, really doing a, a great job. Um, uh, yeah, you mentioned uh, Fabien was my captain 2003 World Cup and uh, Rafael Banes, who actually was captain on my, all the team I play with, he was captain. And, uh, and the funny thing is, uh, it's Rafael who make me be here in London today because uh, uh, actually after the World Cup 2007, I, I call him because I was looking to maybe go to a club uh, in England and uh, I called him to say, what do you think of uh, this club? And he told me, no, come at Wasps. That's 
why how that's what happened and uh, and i was uh, really pleased that i replaced lawrence actually because he was retiring that year and that is the story and they're my my friends and uh, they're amazing i have to say for the first time ever i think because bernard laporte coach fabien and and and, and raf as well uh, i think for the first time uh, politics did something really positive on the fact that they get Fabien into the job very early and they're getting to be part of the World Cup 2019 in Japan. I think that set the, the standard of what uh, Bernard Laporte wanted uh, for the friendship. And I think that gave the time for Fabien to get familiar with, with the friendship, with the management. And I was scared a little bit uh, to start with because I said to myself, if things went wrong with the World Cup, the future will be difficult. But again, remember, Jacques Brunel was Fabien's uh, coach. He was the, the manager. And at some stage, I think that's shadow as well, Fabien. The fact that he was with his, uh, somebody he know really well, and that set the platform of what it's today. And I have to say, I was there. I, I traveled to support France. I always with with clients, and you can feel the difference. We can you can feel the confidence from the player talking about the detail of what um, Fabien brought to the team. And and Fabien he used to be a coach player, and we all know that his passion is passionate for 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 the coaching. And now we we see the difference he he put and he made for for friendship, and and that is for me the beauty of what this group of players are all about. And and to add uh, Raf uh, on on the top is the manager. He also took the time to learn from his um, past experience as a manager for Union Bordeaux-Beg. And uh, he took as well the time to go back to the New, New Zealand and understand some principle of uh, team management. Um, and and he, he, he add that to the, to, to the friendship. And I always believe that to be open-minded uh, as they do today with different type of uh, coaching involved, that's going to help France to be consistent. And again, it's all about consistency, um, not just about winning or losing, about consistency of everything they are doing in order to develop the players. Just a question from me. You said you were teammates, obviously, with Rafael Ibanez and, and Fabien Galtier. I know because when I started in 2004, it was Fabien Galtier who was my, who was my head coach. And everybody always spoke about the fact that at some point, someday, he was going to end up French team coach. And he almost did not hide it. He would almost pretty much uh, speak about it. But when you guys were still sharing the field together, when you guys were still playing, would you joke around? Was that the banter? Uh, you know, was it we're like, ah, don't worry, you're a Bernard Laporte son, anyhow, you're going to end up coach. And Raphael Ibanez, or oh, you speak so well, whatever, you're going to end up the French team manager. Or because there was Fabien Pelouse as well in there, it was a massive yeah. figure of French rugby, and he, maybe he could have been one of them. Was it already sort of a, a, a changing room banter or, that, or, or not, never? Yes, of course, of course. Fabien used to be the captain. He used to be in control of everything. You know the scum of how they look like. They're always in control. So Fabien used to do that. And uh, and, and again, uh, there is two types of things of 
for me, the mindset is, is, is natural leader, is natural uh, to control and, and want to create things. And, and that is for his personality. But on top of that, he used to be scrum half captain. And, and yes, people talk about him a lot. And, and the fact is there were politics and there were uh, Fabien Galtier desire to, to, to be a French coach. And, and again, politics and Fabien didn't match because uh, for some reason, he, he, people don't really um, yeah, get on with, with, with what his philosophy was or the way he was maybe coaching. And, um, and, and luckily, Fabien was now selected and remember, he was selected as well because he, he, he was out of Toulon as a coach and, and he was available uh, because there is some agenda where there is some coaches who are engaged with the club. They cannot be picked to be selected. So um, the, 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 the good thing was that he was, he was available and, and, and Bernard Laporte was just elected. And you know what's happened around this election, and uh, and and I don't want to talk about that. But today is uh, Fabien. I think he deserves to be a French coach, and he showed in the past with with you as uh, coaching the Stade Français, coaching uh, Montpellier, uh, coaching Toulon. Uh, that is is capable to. That is for me the the, the, the good thing. And the other man in that coaching setup who you mentioned earlier, you also know very well, Sir Sean Edwards. We spoke to Simon Shaw last week, actually, about, about Sean. Um, and he had some funny stories to tell. You, you, you know him well. He's a character. He's doing an amazing job. He's obviously the best defence coach in the world. But as a bloke, he's a funny guy, isn't he? Have you got anything you can share with us? Wow. Um, it's, it's a good friend. It's a good friend. Uh, I can just share you that uh, he's so passionate on, 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 on the defence mindset. Uh, if you see his background as a rugby league player, he won everything he, he has to. And that kind of mentality is exceptional. I always say that um, when I met Sean uh, arriving at Wasp, Sean teach me for me, it teach me how to explain how to tackle. You know the the the, the detail of what it takes to be effective tackler, defender. It, it's immense, and and coming from the rugby league and and knowing all these small skills you need to put in place in order to be effective. Those type of things come from 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 my experience with Sean. So it's um, it sometimes it's difficult to understand what he's what he's saying but you can feel it you can feel <laughs> you can feel like uh, if you wanted to be doing like this not like this so if you don't understand he's going to sometimes write you the detail of step in the, the paper and take you that for even before the game it's so passionate in helping player to be on the top of their game, to be the best player they can be. Uh, and again, it used everything in place in order to do that. And, and again, I, I think the, the way we talk about professionalism as a coach with Fabian, it's the same thing with Sean. He always into the detail. Everything is detail. And detail win the game. And, 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 and 
shown spirit is that so 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 great and uh, i'm really pleased that uh, the, the funny thing is when he when he, he decided to go to france i was really uh, impressed because uh, i thought uh, it's going to be difficult for him to for the language uh, to, to be talking french because uh, you know how french are look like etc but again so an example is to show not just about the knowledge of speaking french it's about the feeling as well and, and the way you feel things you can transfer that uh, to anybody and that is for me the beauty of what it can bring to the team and mate you, you talked about the detail the effort um, and the analysis that these guys have gone into so sean edwards fabian galtier um i wanted to ask you about the exact same thing because for me you're one of the first people along with thierry dusatoire came along a, a little bit later but you're one of the first people that I saw change again a game defensively completely by yourself. Um, and I've, you've been asked this question in French. I've seen you answer questions about it in French interviews all the time. But hugely famous performance against Johnny Wilkinson and the England team where you've pretty much single-handedly dismantled the bloke. Um, but how much prep and detail and analysis did that go into on an individual level? Because that was almost before defensive sets and defensive work was rewarded it wasn't really talked about and then you you blew the game apart completely by yourself so what level of analysis and detail went into you stopping Johnny and stopping that England side in that famous performance I talk about the, the tackling as uh, as the first session I, I did in my in my career and the level of detail uh, I take it from different managers different people the first person uh, about analysis was my coach in uh, Oh, he coached me 11 years, Patrice Lagisquet, famous uh, winger for France, who played the first World Cup in 1987. And backs coach in 2015 of the French team. Yeah, and, uh, and he coached France, he coached you as well. And uh, at the, in the past, uh, you remember the tape of, of the game was uh, video, and we used to watch uh, the whole game on the tape. <laughs> with, uh, with uh, Patrice Lagisquet in Biarritz. It took us two hours. And in each action, he used to stop and ask the player, what do you think? And if you have to say something wrong, he's going to take you for the whole game and say, this is what wrong, this is what wrong. This is, for me, the first uh, learning curve of what... Um, uh, Patrice Lajewski was, and year after year, I think I developed uh, again. It's about develop develop your personality. I say that uh, tackling was something I really enjoyed doing, um, and I wanted to be known by something. And and it's true that the tackling is something I really enjoyed doing, and that was something I wanted to develop in every game. So I learned a lot from different people. I ask questions. Again, I'm not from the rookie world, and I'm likely to be asking, challenging my teammates. And Thierry Dissopor is one of them because Thierry came to Biarritz when he was uh, 22, something like this. And again, I, I was blessed in Biarritz to have such a long period of time with the club and also being with a lot of players. An English player, teammate Richard Paul Jones, uh, played the final of the 
the, the French uh, Premiership with Biarritz. Uh, that the year I arrived at the club, Richard is my friend. We again, it helped me a lot as a mentor because um, we discuss everything. Uh, and, and it teach me uh, flower of Scotland, the first thing I, I, I learned in English, but it teach me a lot about the game. And that is the way I grew up. And I always wanted to understand, ask questions, be curious, and um, every, every year learn. And, and, and that game uh, in 2000, I always say that it took me three years after my first cup in 1997 to 2000. It took me three years to come back to the French team. And I have to say it was, it was too, too long because when you get picked, you don't know why. And three years after, you, you get picked again with Bernard Laporte, and you don't know why. And and by the time, I, I have to say, I did my own work to, to dream to go back again for the friendship. And that game gave me, <laughs> gave me a lot of uh, things to think of because uh, in 2000, the, the first Six Nations uh, tournament, uh, I was on the bench in Wales. We, we, we won the game. Uh, the second game was... Paris against England. I was on the bench again. Uh, 15 minutes to go. Uh, we were winning a very close game. And Bernard Laporte take me to the game. After one minute and 30 seconds, I had a yellow card because I didn't re retreat. Uh, I didn't get 10 meters back with, with uh, penalties. And Bernard Laporte was furious, man. He's just saying, Serge Betten never again win the French team, never again. And he said that to the media, he didn't say that to me directly. And you know, in, in the selection, the, the, the manager don't have time to detail what their, choi their choice and, uh, and their reaction. And, and I say to myself, this is the end of my career. Uh, when a coach say that to the player, he never go back again, never ever. And, um, and it's funny because on that experience, I, I said to myself, I made a mistake. And I, I think very deeply to say, how can I, can I go back to this French team? My family, the, the, the club support me saying, okay, he's, he's talking uh, not really nicely for, uh, for you, but uh, you're amazing, et cetera, et cetera. And I say to myself, and that is the true things, I say to myself, is uh, right because he's the manager and, and, and I let down my team. Uh, we, they were for 14 and we lost the game. And um, that was the starting point. And I have to work hard to understand that my mentality to understand that it was right. And I have to change myself and I have to be different. And it's true that when you play in the club, you're the best player. You do whatever you want. And even Ajiske was very furious sometimes against me. I was um, effective in what I was doing, but I was handling uh, maybe two penalties or three penalties for the club. It's okay. But when you come to the big stage, it's not okay. You have to change. You have to do something different. And, and I have to say, I've learned a lot about that. I learned a lot about my mentality. I, love, I learned a lot about how I can change my mindset and have to work about psychology, mental toughness, imagery. Uh, I don't know how to say that in English. Imagery. But imagery uh, with the video, um, trying to change the behavior 
showing the referee that I'm not obstructing the ball, that I'm away. Because at that time, the rules was really tricky. Uh, before 2000, I wasn't allowed to steal the ball when I tackling. And I always had the penalties because uh, uh, I was tackling, stand up quicker and steal the ball. I couldn't. I didn't understand that. I didn't understand the rules against that kind of action. And the rules changed in 2000. And the 2000, the defense uh, allowed to, 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 to steal the ball. That changed the, the, my, my game, it changed the mindset. And, and I worked as well mentally to, to change my game. And, and the rest is the story, is history, because that game uh, with the yellow cards, if you don't learn, you cannot be in the position to do that again. In 2002, uh, the Grand Slam, that game against Tony Wilkinson was just um, the blessing. Bernard gave me another shot, another opportunity uh, to be able to play for the friendship. And I have to make myself known and I have to make myself, uh, I'll prove myself that I'm capable to. So I work hard in the, my analysis I work hard in order to see, and again, thank Lajiske about being precise in, 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 in video analysis. And, and I spot on some few things which is I put in place in order to be different, in order to be effective. And that effectiveness is what, when I'm on the field, I want to be effective. I don't want to waste my time. I don't want to talk or the referee, etc. I want to be delivering something i think you definitely delivered a lot for a long long time <laughs> I, it, it's crazy how i obviously knew that thierry dusotor played for brits i never realized that you guys actually played together that much and i'm just looking at the final because brits won it in 2005 brits and stade francais was a huge rivalry uh do you know if you remember that massive fight in, in it's actually in august or september 2006 following the 2005 uh, um, season we we beat them at the 82nd minute with Domi scoring an incredible try on his own in the Parc des Princes in the semi-final of the H Cup at the time. And then we actually get them in the final of top 14 and they were ready for us. It was a, a brawl, basically, that whole game with lots of fighting and all that. And we do end up uh, losing on overtime. Um, and, and in 2006, they win it again. And I'm just looking at the back row 2006 was Burritz was Imaron Arinordoki. Thierry Dussotoir, Serge Betsen. That's not bad. <laughs> I think if you're playing 10, you're basically trying to pray for one of them not to come off the bench or to go off the bus because otherwise you're stuffed with Thomas Livremont on the bench. And I'm like, oh, okay, now I understand. He was a beast as well. He was a beast. So now I understand why they were so good. I mean, imagine you just, you're playing 10 and you see both heads just pop up from the scrum and on one side, there's Titi, on the other one, there's Serge. And you're thinking, where the hell am I going to go? Is that the best back row you probably played with? Or maybe with Charlie Mine in the French team? I don't know. Yeah, I think it's uh, one of the best. Uh, yeah, I, I, as you maybe know and mentioned, there is a lot of talent in France. There's... I was blessed to play with such an amazing, uh, incredible players. Olivier Magne, Christophe Moni, uh, Marc Lievremont, Thomas Lievremont. Um, yeah, there was so such a long uh, list of players I played with. And uh, yeah, um, yeah, that, that, that game, uh, <laughs> Benjamin, uh, it, it's, it's still in, in my head because, uh, as you mentioned, to me, 
we don't know how he make it happen. We were winning, we were winning the game. And then the last action, Domi, I don't know what, how that happened and he scored that try. Um, and we lost the game and we missed the final of Hankin Cup. Um, that we have to create something uh, around that frustration. And again, uh, you, you, can, you cannot win every game, but you need to learn from that game you lose. And, 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 and yeah, Thierry de Sautoir, that year, 2000, 2005, uh, no, 2006, we... 2005, we, 2006, yeah. Well, 2005, 2006, we won um, most of the, our game and we did two finals. Uh, we did Heineken Cup final in Cardiff against Munster. And the following weeks, we have to play the other final, uh, top 14. Uh, and, and I have to say, in the final of Heineken Cup, Cherry Di Soto was on the bench, came into the game, and the game changed. But unfortunately, you can have a look. Uh, when I do my motivational speaker with the, with, with the company, I always uh, mention that uh, miscommunication uh, as a game changer. Uh, <laughs> Peter Scrivener will score a try, tricky try, but the try will still, I can go over it because it cost us the final of a... Was it Cyril Bombo forgetting to cover the blind side? Exactly. The exactly. I'm telling you, Lajiske repeated that story to everyone <laughs> all the time. He still dreams about it. Every time he has a glass of red wine or a beer and it's back on, and Cyril Bombo in the scrub, he forgot <laughs> to stay in the blind side. Where was he? Where was he? Oh. Yeah, but on that, on that on that taking, I'm taking personally because it was on my side it was on my side and and the thing is miscommunication destroys us because what's happened is the number 10 uh, julien perlong called him because the opposite number 11 was in front and he missed to tell me that he's going but again if you look at the position the position wasn't correct but Saying that we lost, that I was so furious, so into that kind of curiosity. Um, so um, we went back to, to Biarritz. We did every day, we did a meeting because we were playing, actually, we were playing the Start to Luzerne, the final yeah. uh, in 2006. Every day we were doing a meeting saying, not again, it's not going to happen again. And it's one of the the first time ever a team lost the final of the the, the, the European Championships and won the, the trophy uh, top 14. Uh, it's it's yeah lesson learned and and Cherry Sotoa was another bench he was starting the game <laughs> and, you, and and more of the story you put Thierry de Sotoa you end up putting 40 points on Toulouse as well that final Toulouse did not touch the floor they were wiped clean by the best team of of that year by a mile. Yeah, then um, uh, what to say about the tackling is just a passion, mate. And Serge, we, we can hear the passion about, about tackling, about everything we've talked about, all the work you're doing with your foundation, the fact that you're living in, in London at the moment as well. Obviously, you finished your career. You did. You, you, we've talked about the detail that you've gone into while you were playing, about analysing your own game. You did a bit of coaching after you finished playing, didn't you? Uh, is, it, is it something that you couldn't get along with or is it something that you'd like to do more of in future, you and coaching? Yeah, I, I love coaching. 
I love coaching. And um, I did a little bit of uh, coach with uh, London Scottish, a different coach, uh, with Simon Nemo, who took me around. He was the head coach and I left for England Sevens. And uh, he's part of uh, Eddie Jones' uh, squad uh, yeah. as a tag coach, I think. Um, I love coaching. And, and I, I stopped that. I stopped that uh, after two years to do my own program. And I, I run a, a rugby program here in London, Search Better Rugby. We sell rugby to schools. I go, I'm going to school in London to sell rugby and to get uh, to see uh, each kids in London with rugby ball in hands, like I said earlier. And um, I really enjoy it. Um, and I hopefully I will uh, be involved soon. Um, uh, somewhere, um, I, I realized as well, uh, like I said to uh, to people, um, uh, coaching is tough, is difficult, and and I, I and I, I decided when I retired uh, that I'm going to do things by passion, but also going to take time for my family. I, I say the story, um, which is um, part laugh, part frustration, because. My first daughter, when she was born, I was playing rugby with France. I scored the first try against Italy in 2000, uh, 2002. And, um, and, uh, and, and I wanted to take time uh, with, with my family to see my kids grow, to, to take time to, to just yeah, be with them. Uh, I, I'm busy, but um, that for me was uh, something important because you see a lot of coaching, uh, changing life, uh, moving clubs, etc. It, it's tough. It's, it's difficult. Uh, it's a it, it, uh, it's a business where you need to be very very experienced. And uh, and I like I like people like Zinedine Zidane who take time to learn and and and. And, and, and coach youngster before he went to, to coach the first team. I like that type of mentality where it's not about your past experience will give you the job. It's about your passion, but also your professionalism. That's why Fabien Galtier, Sean Edwards, those people are really professional on what they are doing. And, and it's important because the player challenge you all the time and you need to be able to, uh, to, to give them something to do. And, uh, and and yeah, it's um it's 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 a, it's, it's a passion for me. Um, I always say uh, people who ask me that uh, I, I want to coach uh, the Basque country, not Biarritz or Bayonne, but Basque country because I believe uh, it's a waste of uh, a lot of things there. Uh, for example, and um, and and yeah, it's um, we'll see we'll see, but uh, uh, yeah. Rugby, it's, uh, there's a lot to, to be done, I think. And so for anyone listening to this, you're, you're doing an amazing job with your foundations, coaching kids in London at the moment. But if there's a professional side out there, Serge Betson is available. Yes. Yeah, the, I, say, I said to Benjamin the other day, you're going to put me in uh, one of his best club he's involved. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. A fifteen percent fee, Benji. That's all you want. Hundred percent. I mean, <laughs> if 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 people had to be convinced, if they had to be convinced, I think now they are. 
It's been an absolute pleasure speaking to you this morning, Serge. It's been amazing hearing your thoughts on on everything. And um, good luck with the foundation and everything you do. And um, I'm sure after this, someone will snap you up as a coach as well in a, in a professional setup as well. Yeah, listen, thank you, guys. You make me cry. I I'm not going to... And next time I'm going to tackle you. And, <laughs> okay. and uh, so now I have to take my revenge. Oh, can, can I can I just, from the bottom of my heart, thank you, Serge. This was absolutely brilliant. This is almost therapeutic. Uh, it gives me a lot of belief in the bright future. Uh, yeah, putting people first, putting heart first, that rugby will deliver what I wanted to deliver, that we will take care of each other. And uh, I, I think you're the, you're the shining example of the way that we go, go to. So bottom of my heart, thank you very much. Pleasure, pleasure. Listen, well done for your initiative. It's always good to see youngster coming out of the game. And it's, uh, it's good, it's good, it's positive. And uh, keep, keep doing this. It's, it's important to, to get on with, with the ex. And, uh, and, and yeah, take time. It's, uh, it's another, another opportunity. So we can talk about passion, we can share, we can discuss. And yeah, pleasure. Thank you, Serge. Amazing stuff. Thanks, Serge. See you guys. Legend. I think you, sh- you shut it there, mate. There's, at some point, you need to recognize greatness, take a few steps back, realize that I couldn't care less the, the, the score of the last top 14 game. No. And, and that 150% big men make big players. I see as he was talking, I was thinking about, like we, we talked a little bit about it last week, what more could be done? Um, and we've touched on the charities, and I'm like, y- you could have Surge at the head of something. So, so the problem with all of these charities and is this not driven by clubs. So you've got somebody like Scrivener who runs something at Wasps, which is fantastic. But you need something at every club. Like Montpellier, every six months, all the forwards get together and they eat together. All of the alum- It's like an alumni, alumni club, and it's amazing. But what if you had like something that fell under, like World Rugby, where there was an initiative to say, look, we look after rugby players so well, we're in this bubble. We get out of this bubble, there's nothing. Everybody's just left and they get on. If you had Serge Betson at the head of something that was part funded by World Rugby that tapped into him having help in every single professional rugby club so you had some sort of aftercare for every single player or there was a club like the one at Wasps or like the one at Montpellier that did something for players after retirement to look after them better. And he'd be the perfect guy to run it and be the figurehead. He's an absolute monster. He's a legend. And you can see how much he cares when he speaks. He's passionate um, and he's a fantastic bloke. But I was like scribbling down everything he was saying, like, how do you retain and keep the friendship, the camaraderie and the human touch that you get when you're part of a rugby team after you leave? And that's exactly what we need. But it needs to be funded from somewhere, which helps every single club and everybody that's touched by rugby. But he's fantastic. He was so good, mate. Amazing. I think you hit the nail on the head there, Johnny. There's lots of different organizations. There's lots of different foundations, but they're very um, scattered around. It, the will is clearly there. And we've spoken about how this could be a catalyst, but it's who does that? Is it World Rugby? Because it, the funding is there. I know money is a problem at the moment, but the funding is there for various different initiatives. Is the onus on them to to kind of say, this is something we're going to invest in. And then obviously we know characters like Serge are there to, to do it. And he would do it in a heartbeat. And I know, for instance, like Scottish rugby, they have a player liaison officer who's funded um, purely by Scottish rugby. And his job is to maintain relationships and make sure everybody... But, you know, as soon as you leave the bubble and you're out of the pro sport, it doesn't apply to you. 
Um, so it's what could we do? What you need to think big. It has to be thought big. It has to be done properly, and it has to be funded or part funded by a body as big as World Rugby, and then the rest is picked up by individual clubs, and they get somebody in to go part time or full time, and it's run properly. But more needs to be done. I think we all agree. But amazing book. Yeah. And Mike Tindall, just to go back, had a good idea about saying implementing both on, so from IRPA, the equivalent Proval and all that, forcing players from the first professional contract just to put a tiny bit of money aside on like a global pot. But even if it's 10 bucks a month or something, you know, you just realize no, no. Yeah. Each, each player will put 150 bucks for their whole career per year into this common thing. There's 350 professional players. So that's already a lump sum of like 30 grand per year that you could get, you know, and that could be boosted by the league who then will be forced to give whatever it is, 10 grand a year. Nah, nah. And so that when the guy exits, he just gets an extra kick. And each each year, after a couple of years with insurance backing and the league backing and a federation, middle source sport, something you could get just that extra kick to be like, right, um, we could pay for you know extracurriculum, we could pay for a support system, we can pay for psychological help, we could pay for all those things, whatever there. And I think the RRPA Proval are doing it, but it's also down to money, and money needs to be prioritized. And this should be put on the table. But I said, we raised the awareness. Fantastic. Now, the way that you get to the concrete stuff, it's to be put like, you want to improve conditioning? You want to improve commercial rights? You want to improve quality on the field? Then you improve player welfare. Player welfare is the security on the field, which are trying to concussions, uh, the canal rachidien, you know, the size of your sort of your neck canal and all that, which was a big, big worry at the time. Fantastic. Yeah. Has to be addressed. Um, even though the, uh, the, in the English membership, they don't, take care of it the same way as in France, but still, you know, they, they, they're trying to, to do something about it. Fantastic. Well, post-rugby reconversion, transitioning post-rugby and mental health in general has to be one of them. You know, one of the main pillars of being like, this budget needs to be cut to it. The players will chip in. But like I said, putting in a bit of money, I thought it was it was a good way of, from Mike Tino, I think it was a good idea actually to to show involvement and importance that player, uh, players give to it. Whether, I'm not talking about a grand a month, you know, just, but just show that you're ready to commit a tiny bit of your budget on it. Absolutely. And it's great that people are talking about these ideas now and hopefully um, more will be done moving forwards. And it was an absolute privilege to have Sir John. It almost seems a bit strange to go back to talking about rugby now after after all that. But there is a final this weekend. We did speak about it briefly with with Serge. Given your your Nostradamus, Benji, give us your predictions for this weekend. Nah, this this time no predictions. <laughs> this time no <laughs> predictions because I I, I... Nah, I, I, it's 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 a tough one. I think it's I think it's an impossible task uh, to ask uh, a young rotated French team to rock up to England, who've lost two games against France in Paris uh, and the final of the World Cup in the last year. Um, I don't think there's any injuries. I don't think there's any forced turnover. Um, it's not like you play in France where the crowd could compensate potentially a little bit of that lack of something. You're playing in Twickenham with 2,000 people, I think there's going to be, which yeah. is already very good news, which is already much better than nothing. Um, so it is a tough one, but like, like Serge said, the, the importance is not even there. Uh, the importance is, is you want to jump on that boat, you know, jump on that train of a successful French team uh, looking straight into the direction of the World Cup 2023. Here's, here's another shot. So the first shot was Italy which was good, but at the same time, <clears throat> it wasn't the best performance of all times. Now, rise to the occasion, show that you can go. Look, we mentioned that 
the game that Serge Betsen in, in, in 2000 or 2002 played and chopped Johnny Wilkinson in half. If Sekou Makalou, Anthony Gelonche, Cameron Wokie, uh, or potentially uh, Selefio Tolofua, Tolofua the, the hooker who played in Saracens, his younger brother, who plays eight in Toulouse, who's very good. He's not the biggest. He's incredible. He's very, he's very, very good. Um, uh, I mean, potentially, if they play out of their skin there, win, lose, draw, whatever, oh, they could put their name downs in history to be like, right, on the toughest, toughest uh, moments, I delivered. And that's a huge statement. Yeah, mate, I agree. It's like all roads, all logic points towards an England win. Yeah. But I think everybody would love to see something different. It would be so boring if England won, um, but it would be fantastic for the sport. Also, like we talked a little bit, it's been a bit of a drab kick fest. It would just be fantastic if this young French side rolled their sleeves up and dug something really special out. Like to cap off their year that has been superb, to have a change 23 of young kids go to Twickenham and turn them over and win would just be unreal. So I think everybody agrees, yes, by all logical norms, England should win, but I don't think anybody wants that. I think the wider rugby public would love to see France go and, and batter them and do something fantastic and different. So I'm going to stick five euros on it, see what the odds <laughs> are, and, uh, and fingers crossed. Because it, may, it, would, it would just be an unbelievable end to a 2020 that has been a complete change in fortune for French rugby. So fingers crossed they can do something and uh, upset the odds. Just very quickly before we go, we've, uh, you'd mentioned it there, the, the kick fest, the, the tactics that we've been talking about. England have been heavily criticised. Eddie Jones doesn't care. If you're France going there with a second string side, but people in England might not know these players, but they're still very, very good players. Mm -hmm. We've spoken about how good, particularly you, Benji, Fabian Galtier is tactically and technically. What is he going to be telling this French side? Obviously, he probably gets Serge Betson in to do the motivational speech by all accounts, but tactically and technically, how do they play this game to beat England? Because they can't just play England at their own game, can they? Definitely, but I think Sean Edwards will put something in place uh, not a defence to try to not concede points, but a defence to actually attack them. Uh, I think he will spot some areas. He will spot, spot the key decision makers. Uh, it wouldn't surprise me if Ben Youngs was under huge amount of tremendous amount of pressure at the weekend. I think they're going to find some sort of way of, you know, uh, putting maximum pressure on their boxing, kicking out kicks on uh, George Ford, Owen Farrell. Depends who starts at ten. I don't know what how they're going to decide it, but. George Ford is going to be under a tremendous amount of pressure if he does start. Owen Farrell can sort of soak it in, so it's a different mindset. But they're going to try to attack the decision makers, I am sure. They're going to try to disrupt the absolute certainties that they've got. So potentially by offering something different. So I think if you've got Tom Curry, Underhill, Billy Vunipola, you pose Cameron Voki, Sekou Makalu, Tolosio, Tolofura, or Anthony Gelonche, you're already having a, you're making a statement. You know, our back row is not just there to chop people in half and, and cause a, a mess in the rocks. They're actually there to create, to be on the edge of the field, rather to be in the middle to try to, instead of trying to compete. So it's already that like you're trying to impose something different. So I think defense will be aggressive to actually try to cause disruption from the start. And I feel that the kicking game strategy is going to be huge. I have a feeling that they might, let's just say, if you play same pattern, you try to match the physicality, it's not going to work. So I could expect from Fabregalte to be like, we're going to hit the short side all the time. We're going to try, you know, because I, I saw it the other day. Do you remember that little trick that Aaron Smith and Ben Smith had with the AB? So the nine gives to the, sorry, the winger position at nine. 
gives it to the nine who's positioned sort of at 10 and back inside to the winger. Remember that one? Or, mm -hmm. or around the rucks? Just those tiny little plays that make you just think outside of the box. Normally, it's meant to eject, put pace, whatever. They're going to play the blind side. Dummy that you're going to eject, maybe a chip uh, over. You know, they're going to try to do with something different without necessarily uh, creating crazy amount of rugby produced, I reckon, in their own half and uh, and in the beginning of the game. You know, pick certain moments because that's where the good balance of Galtier will be. So basically trick, trickery, uh, aggressive trickery in defense and aggra aggressive and trickery strategy um, in, in attack by Galtier. I don't think there'll be any change to the kick strategy. I think I get like that's been the boring bit. It'll be the exact same. He'll put no pressure on his, his young kids. Sorry, Johnny, what I meant by his kick strategy was more... Um, kicking to their wingers, you know, cross kicks in an almost attacking uh, kicking game, if that makes sense. Yeah. I didn't mean like Offensive uh, getting kicks. out of your own. Exactly. And no, but I, I, like the exa I don't think there'll be any change to what they did. Like they kicked a lot and everyone criticized. Um, and England kick a lot and everyone criticized. I don't think that'll change this week. I think the difference, if they're going to unpick the English D, like you said, the trickery, um, it comes. And Fabian is very, very smart on this. It's like cute starter plays. Whether it was mall breakouts, ball back insides, or you saw them unpick the Scottish defence by finding the alley price shoots out of a hole. He's clever in his analysis. He finds the hole, picks it out. They scored off first phase against England in the Six Nations for an amazing starter play. If they're going to win, it's going to come down to something like that. So staying in the game tight, and then once you get field position from an unforced error, a scrum or a launch play, an English third, you score off it. And I think that's what Fabian has done fantastically well with with the side, with Mopelli, with Toulon as well. Um, he's a smart man. Um, he'll try and keep it as tight as he can with Sean Edwards' D. It'll be rock, rock steady. And then it's when they get that chance to launch properly and throw something different with a bit of variation at this English team to take their chance. Um, and that is how they're going to win. We've, we've called it here, Benji. There we go. We will see. We will see what happens at Twickenham at the weekend. Thanks, Johnny. Thanks, Benji. A huge thank you to Serge Betson for joining us and for everything that we spoke about with him. And thanks to all of you guys for listening as well. Make sure you hit subscribe, leave us a nice review, watch us on YouTube, and we'll be back with another episode next week. Au revoir, guys. Cheers, Cheers boys. boys. Thanks a lot. Have a good one. Bye. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. If you have a lot of mailing to do, stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. 
Use the Stamps.com mobile app to mail everything you need to keep your business running with up to 89% off USPS and UPS. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Use code PROGRAM for a special offer. That's Stamps.com, code PROGRAM.